1: Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne covering all things magic basketball by fans for fans go magic what's going on Orlando magic fans you guys are back with the six-man show today is February 28th 2022 the end of February already no Luke Sylvia this week back by popular demand producer Kevin Kevin what's going on
2: brother greetings greetings everyone glad to be back um i'm not the only one who's back um, oh
1: baby you are not guess who's back back back
2: back again 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 markel's back 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 tell a friend
1: all right uh don't ever do that again kevin <laughs> that was that was the worst Eminem m impression of all time but yes markel fultz is back um it really came out of nowhere yesterday um yeah, the Magic. We're just like, oh, we're just gonna drop this Orlando Magic Pod Squad episode on a Saturday afternoon, and then tweet out that Markel Fultz is coming back. Uh, did you listen to that episode of the Pod Squad?
2: Yeah, I did. That or was did. that was a uh, I, I was I was pretty cool. That was pretty cool that they uh, they announced that news via the Pod Squad and had the clip of of Kel and everything. That was fun. A little jealous he didn't announce it on our show, but maybe next time.
1: Well, that would involve him coming on our show, yeah. uh, which you know ha- has yet to happen. Obviously, Kevin is rocking the the Fultz jersey backwards, so you can see the Fultz across his chest. I am wearing my number twenty earned jersey from last season in celebration of Markel Fultz' return. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. It's you know it's, it's a big deal. We're very 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 excited about that. We do have um, a couple of things to touch base on really quickly. A couple of housekeeping items. First of all, if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, uh, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button. Ring the notification bell so you can get an update anytime that we upload videos. Really, really appreciate you guys. We just crossed 1,700 YouTube subscribers, so shout out everybody that is currently subscribed uh, to the YouTube channel. But most of the people that watch on YouTube, Kevin, aren't subscribed, so we've still got a long way to go and then we want to shout out our patrons if you guys weren't aware we do have a patreon where you can help financially support the show help us do what we do it's a lot of fun uh, but it's not free for us at least but you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show and join our list of patrons that we shout out every single week and that's what we're going to do shout out court cousins drew gooden armin keith garcia zico carson tulo nathan lynn ellis jonathan borges norm l Magic player history, Julio, Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, and Gabe Gaines. Thank you guys so much. Kevin, we're going to talk about the one and only game on the week for the Magic uh, in just a moment. The Magic are 14-47 and 47 on the season. They went 1-0 and last week after returning from the All-Star break. Uh, they still have the worst record in the Eastern Conference. They have the worst record in the NBA. If the draft lottery was today, Kevin, uh they would be tied with the first or you know, the best overall odds to get the number one overall pick. We are not at the point where we're gonna start doing the tankathon. I think we'll probably start that next week as we get into March. But uh but yeah, Kevin, we we've got six weeks, twenty one games left and and we're the in first place for being the worst.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's hard to believe that this season is so close to being done for me, at least. I don't know if that's the same for you, or for people listening, but yeah, it's, it's hard to believe it. But, but in some ways, it's it's a relief. Like this is oh my god, it's it's been a rough one. We knew it wasn't going to be great, but um, at least you know maybe there's a little bit of of joy over these last few weeks with Markell coming back. But you're right, once March hits, it's Tankathon time, especially you know having you know the NCAA tournament coming out and re watching some of those guys, and it's just going to be it, it's going to be Tankathon time.
1: Yeah, and yesterday in college basketball, it's the first time ever that all like six, uh, you know, the top ranked six ranked teams in the nation all lost yesterday. So crazy, never happened before. So just, weird. With March Madness very very close, you know, just I think it's over two, like a little bit over two weeks away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna get pretty spicy in March. Yeah. Do you and, do and anything just, special for March Madness or?
2: I. Uh, I just watch all of the games. That's about Everything it. Everything you know, I won. just My whole life shuts down, basically, and I just watch all. Of, yeah, I love I love marsh Madness. I was going to say, little basketball shout-out. You know, this is Coach K's last season, so I think his Who last cares? home game. I know you're a North Carolina guy, but I, you ha, you have to at least tip the cap on his career. His last home game is Saturday against, of course, University of North Carolina, so that'll be a fun last week of uh, regular season action for, for him and for Duke. So I tip my cap. Coach K uh, and uh, I know Jonathan probably won't. I
1: wish but. you well in retirement. I there wish you, you go. well in retirement. There Absolutely. you go. That was very nice of you. And then we'll see uh, we'll see how it goes with the uh, old John Shire. Yeah. Over at over at Duke. But yeah, March Madness is uh, definitely going to be interesting. We'll be watching of course Chet Holmgren, you know, uh, Jabari Smith Jr., Paolo Jade Jaden Ivey, all of these uh, you know very exciting college
0: players. So
1: Okay, Kevin. Let's talk the first game, or the only game, really, that we're going to talk about—the Magic's only game uh, since returning from the All-Star break against the Houston Rockets. And this game obviously has tanking implications as we start to get to you know the the later part of the season here. As I pull up the standings uh, for the NBA, the Rockets—they're fifteen and forty-four. The Magic are are two games behind them in the standings. So. Um, it's the second and final time that we play the Rockets this year, but, um, it could have, you know, some lottery implications coming down the road before this game started. Was that in the back of your mind at all? Were you concerned about that? Have as we reached as, that part in the season? No,
2: no, not, not for me. And, and I, I share a similar view that you and Luke have talked about recently of like the lottery just does. I mean, at this point, it's just such a crap shoot. Now, whether we have the the top quote unquote top odds, you know, even though top three are technically the, the same for the top odds, but whether it's the top or the fifth odds, I just at this point I just don't care. We've been screwed so many times. I'm I'm just gonna we'll let the ping pong balls fly and just let's just play the games and enjoy them.
1: The lottery does what the lottery wants. That's we right. have no control over that. So, uh, you know, the the saying is, don't worry about things that you can't control, and we can't control that. So I'm trying not to worry about it. I'm sure as we you know get into you know May and, and June, I will I will start to worry uh, a bit more about that. And we actually um, we found out recently that summer league is going to be you know back like kind of like the middle of July as well. So you know um, I hadn't looked at like the NBA key dates or the calendar or anything like that, but it seems like you know finals are going to end first or second week of June, and then we'll be right into the you know the the lottery and. And the draft and all that stuff. Actually, right now I'm going to pull this up, Kevin. What? Why are doing that? I was going to
2: say first, hopefully, first normal off season in three years.
1: Is it three or is it two?
2: This is 2022. COVID came early 2020. This will be three years so since 2019 the nor- was the last normal. Normal. Off- that is wild. Oh, Knock goodness. on wood. We get a normal off season. And- I'm that's trying so to
1: pull this up, and right now, all I'm finding are the 2021-2022 key dates. Yeah, I'm I not guess sure. guess which, which kind of counts. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um,
2: I've seen the, if you're looking for like lottery. So the draft
1: lottery is going to be May 17th. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So the, the the playoffs start April 16th. We've got a month of playoffs, and then the draft lottery May 17th. Forgive me, it, it has been so long since we've had a regular season, I forget what time of year all, you know, Yeah. The, and Hey, last couple of years up until last season, we, we've been in the the playoffs. So we weren't so That's worried right. about the draft lottery. Right. That's right. Uh, but now we're back to, uh, we just said not being worried about it, but it is what it is. And then the draft will be June 23rd. So, all right, let's talk about this Rockets game, Kevin, because it did not start the way uh, that you would hope if you are rooting for the magic. So, the first four minutes of this game, Houston jumps out to a 15-2 to lead. The Magic trailed by as much as 14 in the first quarter, Kevin, and obviously we're texting like we do every single game. As bad as that first quarter was, and the Magic actually closed the gap towards the end of the third quarter, down just by six at the end of the first, but just an incredible second quarter, a great response out of the Magic. They outscore the Houston Rockets 31 to 18 to take a lead into the half and then really the the story for me uh, in the fourth quarter um, and and really most of the game Kevin was Chuma Okiki. Chuma Okiki in this game finishes the night off of the bench with 26 points 9 of 13 from the floor 5 of 7 from the three-point line three free throws 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 1 block. Just absolutely stuffing the stat sheet. Was the and best player how many turnovers? on the floor. 0 turnovers. 0 turnovers. This was obviously it was his career high, the best game of Chuma Okiki's career. He was everywhere defensively as well. He looked great on that end. And this is, you know, this could be a, a very nice beginning to the rest of the season for Chuma Okiki. And maybe he can get back to that status where he was last year, where a lot of us were like, okay, this kid is for sure a part of the core moving forward. And then, you know, he has the hip injury to start the year and obviously has taken, you know, the last, you know, three, four months, whatever it's been, to kind of slowly get started. And this was like the Chuma Okiki that we all envisioned at the end of last year, hitting open threes. But also, like, doing whatever he wants off the dribble, helping in the rebounding game, you know, making plays as a playmaker, being a pest defensively, getting in passing lanes, you know, with the three steals there. Um, I'm pretty sure he leads the Magic in steals per game this year, if I'm not mistaken. I can pull that up in a moment. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, he's missed some time, but I wouldn't be shocked if he leads the team in total steals this season. But um, what, did, what did you think out of, out of Chuma? And then we can talk just more about the the magic and the way they looked at this game uh, as a whole.
2: Yeah, I think um, first and foremost, uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you, you've already seen this thought. But um, the third member of our team almost almost owes Chuma an apology. It's very close. We're almost I in the, the Luke-Sylvia-must-apologize I, I to Chuma territory because... Um, he a couple more performances like this, uh, and uh, he'll owe that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you said it. I mean, he was everywhere. I mean, the, the stat sheet says it all. Like n- sometimes the stat sheet doesn't say it all. On a night like that, it, it did because he he did everything and did everything right. That's why I emphasize the zero turnovers because he was taking guys off the dribble at times, but he wasn't turning the ball over. He sometimes has had the tendency to do that when he tries to. Um, kind of take over a game in that way, you know, as opposed to being a spot up shooter when he actually takes guys off the dribble. Uh, sometimes he has turned the ball over, made poor decisions, either literally, you know, missed dribbling or, or some bad passes or whatever. But no turnovers, super efficient game. Um, he, he's definitely got a lot of people, at least on Magic Twitter, talking about potentially stepping in the starting lineup. Uh, especially for someone like Mo Bamba, who continues. I to... I think
1: that is the overwhelming consensus at this yeah, point.
2: Yeah, uh, it you know obviously it shakes up a little bit of the structure with the big men. You know having having Mo and Wendell, which also by the way, uh, Wendell. You know obviously Chuma's going to take the spotlight because he had his best game, but Wendell was I mean super solid. You know typical quiet, you know somewhat quiet night. You know you would it's one of those nights you look up at the end of the night and you're like, whoa, he has 24. Yeah, 24 points for Wendell, 12 boards, um, and, yeah, shot 9 of 11 from the field. So, I mean, you, you can't hardly get any more efficient than that. So, uh, But all that to say, you know, starting Wendell and Chuma together with Franz, I mean, that sounds like a great lineup to me. Um, we'll, we'll see kind of how these last 21 games shake up, and obviously we'll talk about Markel later and what, what his role, how that impacts the, the rotation, but... Yeah, a lot of people calling for, for Chuma to be starting, and, and Friday was definitely a good um, a good reminder that he he probably should be.
1: Well, let's have this, this conversation uh, really quickly, Kevin. I looked, so Chuma Okiki is leading the team in total steals on the season with 74 steals. Next closest is Franz Wagner at 53, who has played 11 more games than Chuma. Yeah. And then sitting there in third with 50 is Jalen Suggs, who has played 10 less games than Chuma. In terms of steals per game, Chuma leads the team at 1.5 per game. Jalen is right behind him at 1.3, and then the closest to those two would be Gary Harris at 0.9. So those are the only two guys averaging more than a steal per game. And I think most people would, um, you know, agree with the fact that Chuma and Jalen have been the best defenders on the Magic so far. You know, to through the this point in the season. But I've seen that everywhere. Um, everyone is talking about. The fact that it's time for Chuma to, to step in into the starting role, he is he's he's a better player than Mo Bamba right now, um, and it seems like all season the second unit has just been dying for like a true backup center, and I do think that at this point that is probably where Mo Bamba is you know is best suited. I know that Jamal is trying to have him next to you know Cole and, and, and Wendell and Jalen, and I I even think to a certain extent keep him in the starting lineup to try to like buoy his confidence because that was so desperately needed coming into the season for Mo. Um, But I do think now is the time. Uh, I haven't pulled up the the lineup statistics uh, for the, you know, the difference in the net rating and everything like that. But I think just the eye test tells you that the starting lineup plays better when Chumo Kiki is on the floor. And we've seen this trend continuing for Mo Bamba this season where yes, he starts games, but he's not finishing games, and he's playing less and less in the second halves.
2: Yeah, and um, especially nights, you know, like Friday, where he plays twenty five minutes, and and especially right now, Mo, um, you know, Mo has has two strengths of his game right now. Like he is a good interior shot blocker, not a good defender, shot blocker. Okay, and he's he's good beyond the three point line as a true stretch big. So when nights like Friday happen, you know, where he plays 25 minutes, is goes 0 for 3 from 3, has one block, it's like, you know, if, if those are the two things that you're supposed to be good at and you don't even do those particularly well on the night, um, that becomes harder and harder to play you. And, and really the question, you know, for me personally is is bigger than that. It's if those are the two things that you're best at, I don't really know if that's, that's what we need on the floor anyway. You know, even if you are shooting the three well and you're shot, you know, you're, you're blocking shots, that's not enough for me. Like I, I need more than that from a starting center. Um, and so, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, some magic fans look at, you know, it's been what a month since he had 30, whatever, you know, that, so, I mean, it's not like that's so long ago, uh, but he's just super inconsistent. And, um, you know, this is the second coaching staff now that has, um, it's the second one. Yeah. Second one. I guess maybe it's the third one. No, it's the second one. Yeah. Steve Clifford. And then now uh, with, with Jamal that has seen Mo Bamba and slowly um, those minutes are going down kind of just like they did with Clifford. And so, uh, we'll see what happens this summer. Obviously, that's a much bigger conversation about Mobamba. But, uh, yeah, count me in the camp of of starting Chuma. Um, you know, I think these last 21 games, it should be all about experimenting, trying different guys out, trying different lineups, especially with Markel back, hopefully, maybe, probably not Jonathan back. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, this is all about gearing up for the future, and I'd love to see Jamal kind of try some different things out, and and we'll see what he does.
1: Well, that's a perfect segue, Kevin. Let's let's talk Markel Fultz. That's the reason the folks are here. It's the reason they clicked on the YouTube link or you know, downloaded the episode to their phone. Markel Fultz is back again Saturday afternoon. The Orlando Magic announced Markel would be returning uh, to the starting lineup tonight. As you guys are listening to this on Monday, he'll be making his season debut against the Indiana Pacers. So, Kevin, let, let's talk about what that looks like. So, first of all, he doesn't start, right? Nope. Yeah. Nope. How many minutes do we think Markel plays tonight? 12 to 15?
2: I was going to say, I mean, you think about it, it has been 13, I mean, almost 14 months since he last played. Um surely it's not more than 20. That's what I think. Like, yeah, it's probably around I would say I would more so say 15 to 20. I cannot imagine him playing more than 20 minutes. I mean, do do not get yeah. your hopes up, Magic fans. All we're going to get is a little glimpse, a little taste. Um, but, but it's better than nothing, so I'm excited.
1: Now, to me, earlier in the season, if Markel Fultz would have come back, you know, in November or, or December or even early January, I think his implementation into the starting role at some point wouldn't have been such a big question for me. But at this point, and we were just having the conversation about Chuma and Mo, it seems like Jamal is somewhat hesitant to alter that starting lineup. Do you feel like we see Markel in the starting lineup at some point in these last 21 games?
2: Um, um, probably. I just feel like he's a better starter than a bench player. You know, I, what I've seen of him, I haven't seen a guy that's like um, one of those kind of powerhouse bench guys. But given the state, like you said, of the season, um, and again, the fact that he hasn't played in almost 14 months, I don't think, I, I genuinely, over these 21 games, I don't think he's going to have a single game where he plays more than like 31 minutes, 32 minutes. Like, I don't think there's going to be a night, no matter how close the game is, whatever, I don't think they're going to push him over these last six weeks. So, I say probably not. Um, th- th- maybe maybe he'll, he'll try him out a couple times, but i I'd get, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd say probably not. He probably stays on the bench the rest of the season. Um, and, again, with a reduced um, minute, you know, load because I, I just don't see them pushing him really. There's no reason to. We've got nothing to gain, you know, as far as standings or anything like that, so no reason to push him. I think they're just going to trot him out there these last 21 games, you know, get him acclimated, get him his body, you know, back into to game shape and then hit the offseason.
1: Yeah, Kevin, I, I think I'm right there with you in terms of, you know, Markel. Probably if I had to bet, like you said, if I was a betting man, if I had to bet that Jamal alters the starting lineup at this point and puts him into the starting lineup, I I just I'm not really sure. I wouldn't be shocked either way. I definitely think he's going to prove pretty early that it makes sense and that he deserves it. And I, I would hope that you know you know Cole is in there. And that's the other thing, like who who do you take out of the starting lineup? Right. Is it Cole? Is it Jalen? It's it's a really hard decision for me to make because I I still think that. Markel probably fits better with Jalen. I just think Cole is more of a a ball dominant guy that, you know, in order for the offense to for him to flow the right way, he needs to have the ball and he needs to be, you know, making shots. And we also feel the same way about Markel is his optimal offense is him running the show and kind of orchestrating everything else. But I think you could also make the argument that maybe Cole could be better off the ball than Jalen has been so far to start the season. Jalen's success has largely come with him on the ball, you know, driving to the rim, uh, which one of those guys is going to be like the better, you know, catch and shoot. Um, I should have pulled up that number before we started this. Cause I, I knew this is kind of where the conversation was going, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. It, does he play over 30 minutes at some point? I, I don't think so. I think probably like 25 to 30 minutes is going to be his cap. I think for a while they're going to have a, a pretty significant minutes restriction on him just to see how he, you know, uh, responds to you know playing in games, especially you know like back to backs. Do we see him on the second day of a back to back? We've got a back to back coming up next week or or this week, you know, Friday and Saturday. Do we see him Saturday or does he sit Friday? Maybe you know p- potentially. So Jamal, we, we've talked about this for months, but as guys start to come back, he's got a very difficult decision in terms of who he's going to, if he's going to shuffle the starting lineup and um, you know, what's the bench rotation is going to look like when guys start to come back. We've already talked that we think Chuma should be in the starting lineup. So you're pushing Mo Bamba to the bench. And then if Markel comes back, but what I will say is I do think Markel is going to be the guy finishing games. He may not start, but coming down the stretch, I think he is going to be the guy with the ball in his hands, finishing games because Like realistically, we're talking about the core of this team. There's probably four or five guys that were like, they are for sure part of the core right now. It's Markel. We'll see what he looks like when he comes back from injury, but the team has made that investment. It's Cole. It's Jalen. It's Franz. It's Wendell. RJ Hampton, Jonathan Isaac, I still would consider part of the core, but he's not back. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I think this front office is really going to want to see Markel Cole, Jalen, Franz, Wendell together to close these games and what that looks like I don't know. And if Chuma keeps playing this way, you could probably throw Chuma into the mix as well. And everybody says it's not who starts, but it's who who finishes the games.
2: Right, yeah. I think for me, what you know, when we're talking about Markell in these last twenty one games, I I think what I, most interests me is is Jamal, at least what I hope to see is Jamal Mosley kind of, you know, trying to Markel out with with all the guards, you know, I mean, we just talked, you know, we've always talked about this would be a good problem to have once Markel is back because we got him and Cole and RJ and Jalen, and so I I hope that Jamal, you know, kind of takes the freedom to kind of try all those pairings out, you know, Uh, Markel and Jalen, Markel and Cole, Markel and RJ, you know, um, he's seen the other guys play together, but I really want to see him try Markel alongside the other guys. Now, but the biggest thing for me, you know, I, I'm I'm not a Steve Clifford hater. I, I, I really like Steve Clifford. The thing that bothered me the most, and there's a lot of things that bother people about Steve Clifford, but the thing that bothered me the most that Steve Clifford did was when he would have DJ Augustine run the offense and Markel Fultz sit in a corner.
1: Or Michael Carter-Williams run the offense. Or Michael
2: Carter-Williams, yeah. yeah. That is the one thing that I don't ever want to see from coach Mosley, I don't think he will do that I still don't know why Steve Clifford did that he's a great basketball mind but that is the one thing when I say I want him to try all these different things that doesn't mean that you know I want to see Markell on the ball and see who works well with him Uh now granted now we've got some different guys that, that work well on the ball you know Jalen can run the offense at times and Cole can run the offense even RJ at times you know so there'll be some, some you know interchanging there but by and large Don't make Markell stand in a corner, please. Please, Jamal. I can't handle that.
1: I think we all know, you know, Steve Clifford, no matter what happened, would just find a way to get Michael Carter-Williams on the floor. (laughs) Yeah. And, and Kevin, I've pulled up the the catch-and-shoot numbers for the Magic. So, kind of surprisingly, R.J. Hampton leads the team 42% from three on catch-and-shoot opportunities. Unsurprisingly, Gary Harris is right behind him at 40.3%. And then um, you got Franz and then Cole – Fourth on the team, thirty-five point seven percent. Out of Magic players who have played at least forty games, Jalen Suggs is dead last at twenty-four point seven percent. So I guess, and if I really had to pick, I would say Cole is probably more deserving of staying in the starting lineup right now. Jalen, you know, brings a lot of good things. Um, you know, he can get to the rim seemingly whenever he wants. He's a great defender. But if I had to say who's had the better season. And it should be Cole. You know, it's it's Cole's second season. He had the great start at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, we, we should be saying Cole is the better player right now. I don't think that's an overreaction by any means. And I would say that Cole is probably the guy that deserves to be in the starting lineup if Markell is implemented into that. Which which again, we don't think he's going to be
2: right. And you you talked about the beginning of of this season with Cole. I mean, I remember those first couple of months as going like you can't take Cole out of the starting lineup you can't yeah. you know that was back when we thought you know Markel was coming back in december but um yeah. we were saying we were saying he he can't come out of thanks the starting thanks a lot lineup. john hammond yeah Remember right he said thanks. oh he
1: might be back opening night that
2: dude um but you know you, you and i have talked about this before you know and luke like where is cole's you know, where, where's the real cole right we have the beginning of the season he's in a slump right now is it somewhere in the middle you know, are we seeing the real Cole now? You know, and so, um, you know, may, maybe a, a different backcourt partner um, would kind of bring the best out of out of out of Cole, and and obviously Markel, You know, I feel like his game is is really well set up for helping someone like Cole. But the difference is Cole, you know, is if he plays with Markel, you know, can't have the ball in his hands as much. You know, in order for that to work. So definitely a lot of question marks, but we'll have to see how it unfolds.
1: I feel like we would be. Remiss if we didn't bring this up, and I almost don't want to bring it up. But the most recent clips of Markel shooting the basketball—can you, um, can you give me your thoughts on that? Uh, um, so we've explained little... to viewers what what we're okay. talking about. So, well, I'm, I'm going to give a little backstory.
2: So we've seen clips as Markel has come back, um, more and more into into practice. You know, he was doing a lot of. Just shooting, and then he was doing some non contact, and now apparently he's back in contact. And different guys like Kobe Price and Philip Rossman Reich and guys like that have, have tweeted out videos of Markel's jumper. And, you know, early on, it looked like, okay, it looks, you know, maybe it looks a little bit better. The ones that we saw Friday, I guess, before the Rockets game, probably the worst we've seen this season, at least to me. I mean, just- probably
1: the worst that we've seen. Markel in a magic uniform. Oof. I, I'm, I, I'm we, first of all, we didn't see it for months after he was traded to the magic. Right. Okay. He just had, you know, what was it like seven or eight months of just like rehabbing, you know, he gets traded in February of 2019. I believe that was. And then, you know, he's, you know, with the magic, you know, just that whole, the rest of the season and, you know, into the playoffs and, then, as the off season and comes back uh, in the this to start the season in 2020, and it's like okay, you know, jump shot isn't isn't perfect, but you know he's shooting the basketball again. That was a huge thing, but the videos that we saw Friday to me, it's the worst that it's looked since he's been traded to the Magic. Yeah, and we're talking about the form, not not necessarily the results, and the results aren't great either, unfortunately, right. from the clips that we've seen.
2: Yeah, it's um. It's 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 definitely one of those like almost bittersweet things. Like obviously I'm super excited, but a clip like that, you go, wow, over 13, almost 14 months. It you know definitely doesn't look vastly improved, and right. maybe doesn't doesn't even look improved at all. And so um, we'll have to wait and see. You know, it, hopefully his his shooting percentages are fine. Uh, obviously you know we all know we don't need Markel to be some sort of crazy Steph Curry or something. Yeah, you know, that's not his game. Um, but he Not has to anymore. at least, yeah, yeah, he has to at least be a threat, um, to knock those down. Uh, and so, um, hopefully, you know, maybe, maybe he's just always going to have a, a funny looking form, but as long as he knocks them down, like a Sean Marion or something like that, who had one of the funkiest forms ever, but shot a decent clip, obviously it doesn't matter, but uh, definitely, um, definitely didn't get me super pumped. Uh, I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he turns in, if it looks like, you know, Tyrese Halliburton and it goes in, or like you said, Sean Marion or like a Kevin Martin, like, then I'm totally fine with that. Kevin Martin, yeah, there you go. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, the thought was, if there was ever a time for him to really work on the jump shot and have time to improve it, it was during this ACL rehab. Right. And the fact that it looks worse, like, over the last three months is, is not really encouraging Maybe, maybe it's the angle I don't think it's the angle but the especially the mid-range the mid-range had gotten to the point where it was almost almost hitchless and now it's 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 not a, a very um, appealing looking shooting form so that's a, a little worrisome' we'll, we'll wait to see the results you know uh, um you know Monday night tonight before we jump to any conclusions but I think any hope and and I'll admit it there was a, a little bit of hope still alive deep down inside me that Markel Fultz was going to come back and be the University of Washington Markel Fultz. Right. And, you know, which would have just completely transformed the franchise, it's, which is why I wanted it so bad. And am I, was I a little bit naive and was that wishful <laughs> thinking? Yes. But yeah, you know, I also thought Mario Hazonia was really going to live up to the Kroby name and Krobi. never did. So no, not yet. He's still young. Yeah. Not- <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Not yet. Uh, oh, Kevin, yeah, that, that was good.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's naive Magic fans. That's what we do. We just do that. Yeah, We are naive. Well, we are wishful thinkers.
1: The la- The last thing I want to say about Markel is that I really wanted to find a way to make it to the game on Monday, but for me, I- I'm just not going to be able to make it happen. I know the fan response is going to be great. The-, the crowd on Friday against the Rockets yeah. by all you know accounts people that were there, and you could even tell from the broadcast you know the the crowd was great. Hopefully it's the same. I mean the the Pacers fans. I don't I don't believe they travel well, so it shouldn't be a you know a Pacers yeah. home game in Amway if you will. Kevin you know has, has attended a lot of games uh, for the Pacers in Indianapolis. so I know he feels a certain way about me saying that about the the no. Pacers fans. No,
2: I mean the, uh, <laughs> excuse me. What what people don't know? I used to live in Indianapolis. I lived there for four years. Great city. They love basketball they really do it's 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 a fun place to live if you're a basketball fan uh but no i mean they don't travel indianapolis is not a gigantic metropolitan city you know i mean I, now honestly some might travel because they've got two games here this week you know maybe there's some pacers fans that are like hey let's make a disney trip out of it but no right. they're not going to take over the arena like a you know nicks or or that team you know further south of us or you know any of that but uh
1: but i don't even I, say their name
2: nope i won't uh well, i wanted to make one more full point. <laughs> Today well Sunday as we're recording this we, we at least saw Mark Fultz as a great teammate as oh, there's man. that clip of on Mo <laughs> Obama's Instagram story of oh. Cole Anthony I don't know what if they were t- drawing blood or what they were doing but it was something with a needle in look what looked like kind of the medical you know area of Amway Center and <laughs> Cole Anthony losing his mind over this needle and who's right there holding his shoulder it's Mark Fultz, the great teammate everybody loves Mark but uh that dude, that that was wild. Cole Anthony is a crazy guy. It was that was too funny.
1: I, I don't understand it. A lot of people made the same point, but he's got tattoos everywhere. Yeah. Like you can't be that afraid of needles, you know? And then uh, the the scream like he was being murdered. Yeah. As you know, he gets you know stuck with the needle. The ah! but, uh, just oh uh, just great. Love this team. I love and, and Chuma. Let's. I, I know we've already talked about Chuma, but I, I forgot to make this point. You know, he gets the halftime interview. He gets the post game interview. Like Chuma is kind of like coming out of his shell. It seems a little bit like in the past he would be very soft spoken during those uh, you know interactions with Dante Marcatelli, but um, but yeah, was was very energized and seemed really confident, which we haven't gotten to see a ton out of Chuma. Again, very quiet, soft spoken, almost timid kind of one of those guys that oh he's only quiet if you know he doesn't know you and then once he gets to know you he's a, a goofball which a lot of magic players have attested to but you know just mentioning the fact that everybody you know gets along on the team and that even though they're not winning the chemistry is still great we've talked about that multiple times this year the great job that Jamal Mosley has done keeping the the morale of the team up even even during losing streaks but I'm never surprised to see the the team hanging out and, and having fun but yeah it makes this team fun to to watch and to cover even though we're not necessarily the games aren't always fun it, you know I'll say that
2: yeah definitely I, I like you said I mean hopefully you know a night like Friday will um, kind of help Chuma gain some confidence maybe if that's what he's lacking but you know if you ask you know they've they've asked several of the magic players who's the funniest guy on the team Almost all of them say Chuma, you know, so he's well-liked. A lot of the guys on the team well-liked, and so always love to see that. Definitely, it's a it's it's a team you love to root for, like you said, even though they may not be winning winning all the games. But I think over these last 21 games, I would guess we'll have our best winning percentage over any other 21-game stretch of the season just because of the schedule and some yeah. other things.
1: Markel is the other thing. Yeah, Markel. Yeah. I mean. And
2: Jonathan Isaac.
1: Well, okay, that is the perfect segue <laughs> again. You're just it. softballing these to me tonight. Kevin, we're not seeing Jonathan Isaac this season. That's that's the conclusion that I have come to. Markel was, you know, started to practice with the team in November, and it took three plus months for him to return to the lineup. and And Jonathan hasn't been cleared for any type of contact yet. So I'm not a mathematician, but I am going to infer that we are not going to see Jonathan Isaac this season, which is incredibly disappointing. I find it bizarre. I I don't totally understand. And I'm just still here once again feeling like I wish the organization was a little bit more transparent and let us know exactly what the heck is going on.
2: Yeah. Um I'm not I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. One of those things. Uh,
1: I'm mad and disappointed. Uh, yeah, you're right.
2: I, I it's 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 just so puzzling you're right I mean at, the, at this stage it's just hard to imagine uh, him him coming back and playing any games and, and even if he does you know they'll say he came back to, to practice tomorrow and like you said if it takes a month that leaves two weeks left they're not gonna take him out and trot him out there for two weeks of games you know and, and risk re-injury they're not gonna do it so you're right at this point I'm I'm with you and it's just it's <laughs> It's hard for me to believe that those words are coming out of my mouth. That he's not going to play this season. It's just, it's hard to believe that this is February twenty eighth and this is where we are. Uh, It's, it's, I just, I'm in disbelief. It's crazy.
1: There are people out there that have been saying this for months, and at that point, I feel like it was more just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't feel like people can go with the "I told you so" route. In this extent, I just feel like we didn't have enough evidence that that yeah. was the case. Like, you know, put all your bi- your personal bias aside against Jonathan Isaac or whatever the case may be. I, I don't feel like that was a, a logical thing to think early on in the season when people were saying that. Although, people are going to say, I told you so about all of this when he doesn't play this season. But, you know, I, I mentioned to you and Luke that Luke and I, since Jonathan Isaac has, has been injured, have had children, they are now walking, and by the time that we see Jonathan Isaac on the floor, they'll most likely be speaking in full sentences. So when you put it in that kind of perspective, it's like, wow, this has really gone on quite a while. And the only thing that even comes close to making sense is they are totally reworking his entire body to ensure that this never happens again. But I think, Kevin, at least in my experience, sports watching, this is unprecedented for a guy to tear his ACL, which is a is a major injury, but it's not something, you know, like um, like a Paul George type of injury, Gordon Hayward, or, you know, in football, Alex Smith, or, you know, where you have like a, a horrible fracture and, and, and things like that, and it takes a long time for the player to come back. ACL is very routine. Nine to 12 month recovery. Markel was a little bit beyond that, you know, at 13 months there. But Jonathan Isaac this August is going to be 24 months. So by the time the next regular season starts, you know, like probably the end of October of this year, it's going to be 26 months, which is more than double Markel's injury and is more than double like even the most extreme. ACL rehab and I've just never seen anything like this in all my years of watching sports.
2: Yeah. Um, I've, I've told you and Luke that I have a desire for the six man show to someday produce almost like little documentary series, you know? Um, I think someday like we six could do for six. Yeah. We, we could literally do our own version of a 30 for 30 about this whole Jonathan Isaac injury, like a little mini-series, because it's it's just, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Um, there obviously is some explanation for it. We just have no idea. You know, whether it is medical, whether it is personal, as some people, you know, seem to think, which I think is baseless. We don't have any reason to believe that, but let's say it is. It's something. There is some explanation for it. You know, there's, there's no reason the franchise would just, for for their own kicks and giggles, keep a guy out for two years. Like it's, it's especially when they're paying him this kind of money. Like it's just, it doesn't add up. There is a reason. I wish they were more transparent about it, but for right now, we we're just completely left in the dark and I don't think it's totally fair um, to magic fans, especially the season that we've endured to, to not get answers. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's a guy's, you know, own medical, you know, situation. So you can't pry, but so much. So it's, it's all a mess. It's disappointing. It's confusing, but it, it is where we are, and, and I'm with you. I, I don't think we see him in this season.
1: Which, I mean, luckily this is the first year of the extension that it really kicked in for right. Jonathan Isaac, you know, $17.4 million a year. And, you know, funny enough, the the magic, the, the current front office has this reputation of assigning guys to these, like, decreasing year-over-year deals. Jonathan Isaac, can, uh, according to SpawTrack.com, it's 17.4 million dollars across each year, so we're still going to have him for three years after this. Which you could look at it both ways. I mean, I I haven't felt this way um, basically until this point. But the people that are concerned that he's never going to look the same, I mean, this is we're in unprecedented unprecedented ter- territory at this point, and you have to wonder whether or not Jonathan Isaac is ever going to be the same player that he was. Um, So you're still paying him $17.4 million for the next three seasons. But if he comes back and he looks great, you still have him under contract for three seasons. So yeah, I'm, I'm done speculating, trying to guess At, at this point, just it seems logical that he's not going to return this season. He doesn't been clear for contact. He's not going to be clear for contact, and all of a sudden ramp up over the next two three weeks to where we see him for three or four weeks of basketball it just doesn't make sense for the Magic to do that. So, this is the point that I'm I'm giving up on Jonathan Isaac. Seeing him play basketball this season and it it's bizarre.
2: Yeah, it's it. it yeah, I've already used a bunch of adjectives. What I was just going to add on to it is kind of like you said. I mean. Use the word unprecedented. Like, have we ever seen someone be away from the game for over two years and then come back at the same level? I'm trying to think of some of those Michael big Jordan. injuries. What?
1: Michael Jordan. Okay, yeah. Mike and that Jordan. wasn't an injury. He, he was doesn't just like, count. I'm going to go chill for a while. Right. He does not count. But, no. you know, even, I'm thinking I'm some I'm not trying those, to compare Jonathan I, and I know. Michael Jordan. <laughs> That's, uh, everybody put the pitchforks <laughs> down, please.
2: I'm trying to think. Even those really horrible injuries that you talked about, I don't think any of those were two years. Yeah, and maybe
1: so, like a year or like a year and a half. Right,
2: but it's like if I mean I'm trying to imagine like what I do for a living or what you do for a living. If I didn't do that for two years now, I know you can be in the gym and working on stuff, but like actual in game against the greatest players on planet Earth for two years or maybe twenty six months. That's that's scary. Ah, it just it sucks. But it sucks. um, but yeah, it's. It's not happening this season,
1: I don't think. And I I think, like, to a certain extent, like, you really have to temper your expectations for next year because totally. that's not really a, an element that I had thought of. You know, like, how much of the game is just, like, muscle memory? Right. And, you know, even in your brain, mental, you know, your your muscle memory there, just, you know, decisions in the middle it, of a game and you're, you're playing against the, the best Players in the world, night in and night out.
2: Yeah, and I was even going to say the speed of the game. I mean, that's what people say, you know, at yeah. least come even from college to the NBA or whatever, it's the speed of the game. And so being out 26 months, it's going to take quite a bit of time for him to, at least in my mind, get adjusted to the speed of the game. But we'll, the we'll see. Off. Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. All right, Kevin, uh, last thing I want to take care of here, um, and then we're going to close out with some words. Uh, we've got a voicemail here. Uh, from Brandon in Philly. He's got a question about Zion Williamson.
2: Go Magic D, What's up, six-man show? This is Brandon from Philly. But I was born and raised in Orlando, so I'm a long, die-hard Orlando Magic fan. Here's my take. There's a lot of Zion Williamson talk that I've been hearing lately. What do you think about bringing Zion Williamson to the Magic? You know, we have this we have this identity that we're forming that we bring in young promising talent that is that are injured. Right? That fits the bill. Zion Williamson, what y'all think? Love y'all. Peace.
1: Brandon, thank you so much for the question. Really appreciate that. The Zion saga in, in New Orleans is is becoming very interesting, Kevin. you and I and, and Luke joked, you know, over I, I believe it was this previous off season, there were rumors on Reddit that Zion was back in Durham, North Carolina, you know, near the the Duke campus, driving around, going to the college bars, basically hanging out and driving around in his Rolls-Royce. Now, obviously he had the the foot injury. Looks like he's put on, you know, some some more weight since the last time that we've seen him. He was supposed to try and come back a number of weeks ago, re-injured the foot apparently or the foot's not ready. They're going to Basically, look at all of their options to see if surgery is necessary for Zion, and then one of our favorite retired NBA players uh, this past week, JJ Redick, uh, they were talking about the the Zion situation in New Orleans, and he ripped Zion, who was a, a teammate, um, you know, one in one of his last years um, you know, with the in the NBA. I think it was his final year, and then he was traded to to Dallas, and now he's retired. But basically, said you know that Zion hasn't texted CJ McCollum at all since being traded to New Orleans who CJ, whichever way you want to cut it is like the second or third best player, depending on what do you think about Brandon Ingram or or Zion there and called Zion a detached teammate that I can easily describe him that way. Kevin, what, what would, what would you think about the magic trading for Zion and what that would take? Uh, two, Two answers
2: to that. First off, let me let me talk about Zion in New Orleans. I would never wish for a superstar potential superstar. By the way, I, I wouldn't consider Zion a superstar right now, but potential superstar. I would never wish for that person to leave the franchise that drafted him, especially a small market because we've been you there. Know, we've been there and we don't want to see that. We don't want that to be the, the NBA. However, Zion is leaving New Orleans. Like I, there's just no, not his attitude. You know, I mean, not texting C.J. McCollum. That's a gigantic acquisition. Like yeah. that's huge for the team. So for him to not even reach out to him, I mean, that speaks volumes. Uh, however, however, uh, we saw the uh, the parade float uh, <laughs> in the city of New Orleans. Uh, it looks like, at least to me, some some uh, some New Orleans residents have already. Moved on from Zion. I don't know if you if you guys haven't seen this flow. It's it's so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. <laughs> but it's this image of of a large, uh, well, large caricature basically of Zion. And uh, what was, do you remember? What it was called? Like what the name? One on ton. T- what
1: the one ton? Oh yeah, yeah. Which for those of you that don't know, a ton is two thousand pounds, <laughs> which would be a very very large human being.
2: Uh, okay, so that's that's the New Orleans side. Obviously, I would never wish that, but for one one reason or another, he's gone. He's he's leaving. He's gonna force his way out, or however that's gonna work. As far as coming to the Magic, no, thank you. I don't want that. Um, he's he's obviously, you know, got attitude issues. He's got health issues. He's got weight issues. Um, I want want nothing to do with that. Obviously, you know, the talent that he showed at Duke was incredible. Um, but that seems like a decade ago at this point uh, just because um, and, and I should back up even even the talent he showed in New Orleans you know early on you know obviously can't dismiss that but even that once again feels like a long time ago it's it's been a slippery slope downhill for him ever since and we just talked about the chemistry of this team S- someone like that I feel like comes in and completely wrecks it you know so unless I see something different from Zion I, I, w- I want no piece of him and I'm not even gonna Try to to guess what it would possibly take to get him in Orlando,
1: and I mean just by having to give up what you would have to give up, you're completely altering the culture and the chemistry of the team. Absolutely, so regardless of how Zion affects the culture once he's here, just you know by what you're giving up, it would be a large change to the culture. So, for all of the reasons that you just mentioned, as they say on on, on a Shark Tank, I'm out. Like for all of those reasons. I'm I'm personally out, but I'll say if I'm New Orleans, I'm moving Zion as quickly as I possibly can, because if not, it's going to turn into another Anthony Davis situation. You've got CJ McCollum there, you've got Brandon Ingram, who a lot of people feel like can be you know a, a top 15 to 20 player in the league. I mean, depending who you ask, he might already be there. Uh, you, you know, you could argue that he should have been an All Star this season. So. I think Zion is definitely a a big name. You know, obviously people have talked about the Knicks, like at this point, what are the, what are the Knicks going to give up to get Zion Williamson? You know, I'm sure if he was a free agent, maybe that would be realistic, but you know, the the Knicks are not a team that are going to have a high lottery pick at any time soon. That is a team that in my opinion right now seems like they're destined to be in that mediocrity um, treadmill that people so often talk about. So but yeah, if I'm New Orleans, I'm getting whatever I can for Zion. I'm sure someone is going to take a chance on him. I don't want it to be the Magic, just because, like you said, he has not shown that uh, to be a, an all-time great player. Which he definitely has the talent and potential to be. You have to really, really want that above everything else in your life. And I'm not convinced that it, that is Zion.
2: Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember who the interview was with with Cole. Maybe it was Pod Squad at the very beginning of the Pod season. Pod Squad. When he, when he talked about you know what what drives him crazy is guys that have all the talent in the world and just coast with that talent they don't put in the work and right now that looks like that's the path that Zion has chosen um, you know maybe a change of scenery changes that for him but uh, I just don't want that change of scenery you know to be in Orlando
1: Brandon thank you again for the voicemail if you guys want to leave a voicemail especially now that Markel is back you guys want to share your excitement. You can call us at 407-603-1189. Leave us a voicemail for a chance to be featured on the show. And then coming up this Friday, March 4th, as the Magic take on the Toronto Raptors at 7.30 p.m., we'll be at the Friendly Confines Bar in Altamont Springs. That is 451 East Altamont Drive, Suite 2378, Altamont Springs. Again, we're going to be there at 7.30 we're, I believe we're going to have a member of the Magic sales team come out with some signed memorabilia to give away. So we hope that you guys will meet us there. Again, it's going to be at the Friendly Confines in Altamont Springs at 7.30 on Friday as we watch Markel Fultz and the Orlando Magic take on the Toronto Raptors. Hashtag Suggs is better than Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Just had to throw that in there. Uh, I'm sure we're going to hear a, a, a bunch of crap from Raptors fans that night Uh, they always like to talk about Jalen Suggs again when they took Scotty Barnes fourth and they got their guy and they should be happy about that but that's a (laughs) another podcast episode all right before we go ahead and wrap up here uh, Kevin I know that you had some thoughts that you wanted to share before we close out the show
2: yeah I, I would just be remiss if if we had this whole basketball talk which is great but this is our first episode since um since the, the crisis in Ukraine has, has broken out, and so it's, it's obviously now a, a full-on war. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to end this on a down note, but obviously I, I just can't let this moment pass by without acknowledging that, and um, uh, war is awful. Um, it's terrible, uh, and I wish it didn't exist, um, but um, I've got some acquaintances that are actually in Ukraine. Um, they run an orphanage. And the basement of their orphanage has become a bomb shelter right now. And then I've got, you know, friends here at the States who have literally just shipped out yesterday to go in that region, uh, to just, uh, shore up some of the NATO allies and in case it, it spills over into some other countries. So all that to say, uh, at least for all of us here at the six man show, our thoughts, our prayers are are hundred percent with the people of Ukraine and, um, war sucks. And I hope this one is over sooner rather than later. And, um, and and Putin doesn't get what he wants. I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, it it was it's weird. Um obviously twenty twenty two it's like we're we're really still doing this. You know, it yeah. feels like as a society we've we've gotten past the point of, of things like this, you know, being necessary and I, I think everybody would agree that it's not necessary. And then funny enough, through my uncle this week, I found out that my great great grandfather moved to America actually from Ukraine. So, like, I don't. It doesn't really make sense because I've never had like a, a big attachment to Ukraine. But I think with everything that's going on, um, it just made it like weirdly more like emotional for me. And it's, it's horrible. It, it's tragic. It's, it's evil. Like, let's just call it. You know yep. what it is. And, Absolutely. You know, we're right there. You know, we're praying for the the people in Ukraine, and we're hoping that um, you know, praying that Ukraine wins. Honestly, and uh, yep. you know, a lot of people think that if Ukraine can um, you know, kinda stand their ground for long enough that this could be the like the start of the downfall of Putin, which I think a lot of people would be a good thing. Yeah. And we don't wanna get too political, but like, you know, Kevin said, we'd be remiss. You know, we we talk about basketball and it, it's great, but at the end of the day it's it's just a game and there are things much more important going on, you know, around the world. So uh, we might have some listeners in Ukraine. I, I, I don't know, but uh if you guys are listening to this, you know, our thoughts and, and prayers are, are with you guys and it just sucks. Let's let's just uh, call it what it is. So sorry, guys, to end the, the podcast on a, on a kind of a down note, like Kevin said. But again, we just felt that it was necessary to to met, uh, mention that. But for Kevin Tucker, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys for listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Six Man Show, and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on.